No BS Nutrition is absolutely going to eat all of that. Thank you. And we're not mad about it. This is a one-hour food fight against diet culture and its fake science messages. Instead, we're passionate about celebrating real wellness. I'm registered dietitian Hannah McGee. And I'm neuroscience PhD student Tarek Youssef. And this is No BS Nutrition. Hannah McGee. I almost forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's nice to meet you too. Hi, um, uh, how's your How's your day? How's your morning? It's good. My morning's been good. I went to a workout class this morning. I'm feeling good okay. and energized. Okay. okay. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm very excited. I had a boiled egg. I love a boiled egg. We chatted about this before. Ever since we've talked about boiled, when I was over at your yeah. place this weekend yeah. and we were talking about boiled eggs i can't stop having boiled i eggs. love them Me they're too. great um they are really good and they're so like you just pop them in the pot and i you know walk away and you like oh i'm let your breakfast cook Perfect. i'm garbage you know how i make mine in the microwave <laughs> in the kettle oh no way <laughs> yeah pop them in the kettle turn it on wait three minutes after it's done medium bo- medium soft boiled or whatever oh Kinda no running. way yeah I've never done that. I'm You're making try it. a face. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think. Like, no, I'm judging myself too. Wh- what's the difference between a kettle and a pot? It's just because it's like it's already there. Like, I don't you have to like get have, a pot. You don't even out. get a pot. Oh, I see. Okay, you know you're like I mean? that lazy. Yeah, it's okay. on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Is that okay? Yes, yeah, totally. That's fine. Um, I kind of had a question for you. Shoot. Just so we can be relatable with the kids. Okay. But like 20 years ago. Okay. I just. What's your Hogwarts house? Oh, shit. Okay. I need to... I'm so sorry, guys, but I'm not, like, a Harry oh. Potter person. <laughs> I Did I know that? I think I've mentioned it before. Maybe I have, like, selective... I have selective hearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I, um... Yeah. I... I think I've read one book. I've watched... I think I've watched all the movies. There was one winter where Pat and I, I like was like, okay, I probably should watch all of the Harry Potter movies because I've only seen one. Um, you've watched all the movies, but you've read one book. I think I read Which one. Which book? I don't know. The Did first, you start the first with the first one? one? Okay. I think it was so long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I really didn't remember it. Like, I don't really remember it that well. And anyways, so not a huge Harry Potter person. I feel very left out whenever people are talking about Harry Potter. I should get myself... Get my shit together. And okay, knowing nothing. But I took a Wait, t- no, you've seen the movies. You know everything. I, yeah, but I didn't... I got really lost, like, in the last few movies, and I... Yeah. I don't know. Like, okay. I just... I didn't absorb it well. What house are you? I think I am... What's the one that, like, nobody is? Ravenclaw? That's, like, nerdy pants. Oh, maybe that's not. I we took a quiz last year at Christmas time. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Okay, this is all coming. And back I think to me. I got Hufflepuff, but I'm not a Hufflepuff. Like, no. Oh, I'm, okay. For someone who I, doesn't Pat, know something about Harry yeah, Potter, okay. <laughs> Pat thinks I'm Slytherin. <laughs> okay, ambitious. Yeah. A yeah. Li- a little loyal. Bit. Yeah. A little evil. I don't. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I I don't know if this is like basic, but I just think I'm straight up Gryffindor. I just. I feel like I think that's who I, I am. I think you are. Yeah, Pat's Griffin. Maybe I'm a Sorry, little Ravenclaw. Um, 
Okay, so explain Raven. I don't we don't they're want to like, get into this, but explain Raven. They're like to me. Uh, nerd, nerd life, nerd people. I could. That's see by the way. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see you being Ravenclaw. And then Hufflepuff is like very like like friend, fun. I'm not a Hufflepuff. I think they like love to cook. Is that weird? Oh wow! I know. We'll have to. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> go home and take these quizzes again. When this episode comes out, and I will... <laughs> everyone's gonna get back into Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. Okay. No. Next week, our homework for next week is to figure out for sure what we are. Okay. I mean, I think I'm pretty confident. Okay. In... Well, I don't know. Okay. So I will figure out. Okay. Which one I am, and, and I maybe will let for, you guys know next week for Halloween. We'll do a a Harry Potter costume. Okay. Twenty years too late to the to the okay to the whole ruckus of it all. Sounds great. Great yeah. question. Loved it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. I hi everyone. Um, hi Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very conscious now of how long we talk at the beginning <laughs> because when Tarek and I have oh, been editing God. the videos, we videos. like the videos last weekend. The videos, <laughs> sorry, the podcast. By the way, if we were doing videos, we'd have to hire... I would need hair and makeup, and I would need my own trailer. <laughs> um, Parked outside of the library. <laughs> wait, wait, so we were editing. We did a bunch of editing together on Saturday. And one of the episodes, we literally <laughs> oh talked God. for like half an hour before we actually got into the topic. It was maybe like a two, almost three hour episode. It was horrible. We had to cut a lot we out. We cut so much. And we were like so angry sitting there trying to edit it because we were like exhausted and by the end of the day. I listened we like, to it the next day and it was a mess. Yeah, because we just cut stuff. We just I had to like uncut it. and like yeah. re. It oh was, no! It was um. We've been. I mean, if you're if you've gotten this far, give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. You're on episode seven, seven. but uh, we. I think you can probably hear the difference. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that this morning too. That like listening to our teaser episode and like the first episodes, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> no, no, we've learned a lot. Yeah, we and I mean. Uh, Thanks to our producers, me and Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> Hannah and I, we've learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm gonna dive into our BS of the week, and I gotta grab my phone. Oh, okay. I'm very excited. I'll keep everyone entertained <laughs> until. Oh, <laughs> quiet on set, please. <laughs> All right, so my BS of the week this week is it's an image that I it's that I came across um, on Instagram yesterday, and there's a lot of images like this floating around on social media. These comparison photos of the healthy versus unhealthy choice mm. at a restaurant, or yeah. the what a balanced plate looks like versus what a unhealthy plate looks like, things like that. And I came across one that just kind of pissed me off. Um, it was, it's a, it's holiday themed. Um, right now it's, it's December. What's the date? Oh, 10th, 11th. The 11th. Okay. Just pretend it's like, um, yeah, it's Easter or something. It's soon. Like March or <laughs> yeah. something right now. Yeah. Um, right now. Yeah. It's the holidays. And I came across this image and it's on one side. It says weight gain. Okay. And there's a picture of a Starbucks peppermint mocha. And underneath it, it says 350 calories. Okay. And then beside it, on the other side of the photo, it says weight loss. 
and it's a picture of another Starbucks mug, but it underneath it it says skinny peppermint mocha, okay. 100 calories. Okay. Oh, and I'm showing to Eric the yeah, image yeah. right we'll now. We'll include it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that literally just uh, it makes me so mad because it's just so simple. Like it's like weight gain, peppermint mocha. Yeah. Weight yeah. loss. Skinny peppermint mocha. Also, like, what is the... In- oh, should we answer? Pat, you're live on the pod. <laughs> Put him on speaker. Hello. Say hi to everyone, Hello. Pat. Can Say you hi me? to the pod, Pat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, happy recording. I just forgot. I realized Forgot. <laughs> forgot. You're the first guest. He's the first guest. <laughs> Welcome to No BS Nutrition. Um, uh, yeah, we're recording right now. Would you like to know what I'm having for breakfast? Yeah, can you tell sure. everybody what you're eating, please? I'm having... Two eggs, sunny oh, side up. Okay. okay. Um, not boiled. Some... In a kettle. No, not boiled. In a kettle. I'm having hash browns, lightly seasoned with pepper and salt, and some garlic spice. Okay. Wow. Oh, garlic spice. Um, a fruit skewer. Oh my God. Where are you? Yeah. What restaurant? <laughs> is it? And then I can't remember. Oh, whole wheat toast. Nice. Wow. So, sounds butter. delicious. That sounds really good. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm at the hotel. <laughs> In Fredericton. Yeah. Don't expose his location. I'm like sorry. That. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling. <laughs> thanks for calling in. What, what do I win? What do I win for being called? Oh, like nothing. Oh, we're well, breaking up. Sorry, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, we actually gotta go though. Thing. All right. Uh... Love you. Bye. Well, wasn't that a nice little cameo from Patrick <laughs> McIsaac? Um. First guest. First guest on the pod. Right in the middle. And interesting that he, um, you know, gave us an idea of how happy he is with his food. Meanwhile, this post is talking about making people unhappy with their food. Exactly. Now, I was going to say the insinuation almost is like, what, where you're only going to drink that latte like for the rest of your life? Well, like, and I it's don't... also like just if you drink this peppermint mocha, you're going to gain weight. Like from one? Yeah. And honestly, like it just it makes me so mad, I think, because I can relate so hard to seeing things like that when I was younger and more vulnerable and, you know, a little, you know, I don't know, just I didn't know any better. And and I would see something like that and it would absolutely influence my decisions and like feed my obsession with like being as quote unquote, healthy as possible or losing weight and things like that. So if I saw that a peppermint mocha was going to cause weight gain, like this photo is um, telling us it is, like I would be afraid of peppermint mocha. But yeah, anyways, it was just, that was a little bit frustrating. That is frustrating. Yeah. So anyways, if you see things like that, please don't take them so seriously. You know, Yeah. you can't. Drinking a peppermint mocha with whipped cream and regular milk and whatever yeah. isn't going to make you gain weight. I like, mean, we've also enjoying talked one about... mindfully when you want yeah, it. Like, exactly. you know, if you're drinking one every single day, like every day of the year, you know, there's something to be said about reducing your added sugar intake and yeah. sugar sweetened beverages and things like that. Like for your health, not specifically yes. for the goal of weight like, loss. losing weight. Yeah, yeah, no, for your health, exactly. Yeah. Um, but. You know, when you're out doing something festive with your family or whatever and you want a peppermint mocha or a hot chocolate or whatever it is, like, it's not it's nothing to be feared. And I think that this no, post yeah. is kind of making, you know, drinks like that fearful. Yeah, it's also I don't like the insinuation that that's like the only thing 
Like, oh, it's it's whatever. It's the holidays. You're probably going to be getting this drink. Well, and you're probably going to only be drinking that drink. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think there's a better way to go about it. And I get that they're saying that if you're on a weight loss journey, this one's lower in calories and it could, you know, help. But it, I just think that it, you know, it's kind of fear mongering. Yeah. And we've talked about how making that your goal can be, you know, detrimental, not just for you, but like you're perpetuating the diet culture yeah. and it can affect people around you. Yeah. That's absolutely perpetuating diet culture right there. Yeah. So. That's rough. Yeah. Anyways, that was I think that's, my BS of the week. Some I, of those, some of those images are so great and they make, you know, they, they show you, you know, how to add nutrition to your meals and blah, 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 whatever. But then some of them are really like a little bit effed up like that. Yeah, they yeah. are. I agree with you. Yeah. I also think it's like, I don't know. I find trouble with most of those images because it's just like it's too simplistic. That's what I'm that's Regardless what I'm of what you're yeah. showing, even if you're trying to like push like gentle nutrition, it's like too simple of a right. dichotomy. I think it's as not di- a binary. And as dietitians, like we, you know, th- that this person who created that post is, we really have to be mindful of what we're sharing on social media and the impact that social media can have it and the the like length that that post can travel on yeah. social media and and the people it could influence you know a lot of young teens and kids and things like that are on social media and and i don't think we need to be feeding that those no, type of messages into their brains um, i'm also all for the fear and things like that i'm all for the fact that like minimalism in an idea can help like transmit that idea faster and like easier mm-hmm. for people to understand right. but i think there's something to be said for like when you're too reductionist yeah. you lose nuance and i think it's almost like we should strive to explain nuance in uh and uh, in a digestible way right you know what i mean like yeah strive to explain the complexity of nutrition and health right. in a way that other people can underst- understand right. it. That, rather it, than like it's almost patronizing and nutrition's not that simple it, that's like, exactly what i yeah, mean yeah that's what yeah. i mean like it's not that simple that this drink will cause weight gain and this drink will cause weight loss there's yeah. it is not that simple nutrition is so complex and you can't just label something as like promotes weight gain promotes weight loss like, that is just, something no. about social media is like people try to fit something into like one image or like whatever mm-hmm. 240 280 characters or something and then it loses its meaning really totally. it like yeah. becomes something else but but you know you you have to be creative like try to mm-hmm. transmit the truth yeah in a creative I way agree. talk about how you know if you're looking to you know make healthy choices and you know, strive for some gentle nutrition or some more balance in your plate, diversify your, your food, like, you know, enjoy this beverage or enjoy this like decadent treat, but also like look towards some like seasonal yeah vegetables that are out right. and try to make exactly. this like creative recipe. I don't know. Yeah. There's a way to do it. I agree. It's hard, but like you have to work for it. it this is the easy way out. That's a I, cop out. Yeah. It's a cop out. It's a cop out. You got it. I think it's, by the way, perfect BS of the week because I think when you're on the go and you need something really quick and you're traveling, you often stop at a coffee shop. Absolutely. And that's that brings us to our <laughs> great, um, great little transition there. Thank you, yeah. um, that brings us to our topic of today. We're talking about eating and traveling. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you're flying or you're going on a road trip, we're talking uh, about I love you know, nutrition and, and how traveling can affect our nutrition and our bodies and some ways that we can kind of 
um, just help our, I guess, help stay on a routine, help us feel our best when we're traveling. Yeah. Um, because I know that it can kind of mess with, you know, how we feel. Yeah, and in a lot of different like, ways, depending on, depending on like how or how long you're traveling, it can mess with, like literally, you wanting to eat sometimes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We've been on a road trip together. We have, and we had lots of food breaks. We definitely did. Yeah, we had lots. And we're going to be traveling together again soon. We are. We're flying to, we're flying from Nova Scotia to Ontario for Christmas, Christmas. this year. So again, it's it's only December 11th when we're recording this. Yeah. Um, so we'll be traveling together over Christmas. So we thought that this would be a fun topic to kind of cover. Um, yeah. And, and I guess when this episode airs, it'll be, you know, we'll be getting close to springtime mm -hmm. and a lot of people tr take trips in the spring. Absolutely. Um, you know, they go away on vacation. Hopefully I'll like be that. going to a few conferences too. Nice. Yeah. And I always, I mean, one of my first thoughts is like, I want to make sure I'm eating right. So yeah. I'm not like starving while I'm traveling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you want to start this one off? Yeah, sure. Actually, okay. I was kind of thinking how might i approach this from like uh like a research-based approach and travel and food is kind of i don't know a niche topic i guess yeah it's something that we can both talk about personally and we and you can speak a lot to the clinical aspects um but from like a research science kind of yeah. point of view it's kind of a niche topic so there's i guess i would say there's like little research on literally the theme of travel and food there i did find a yeah. few articles that i thought were interesting um so one thing that i found um this is kind of like a general idea that i think will tie in well with what you're talking about it's kind of about it was a a clinics in sport medicine paper um called jet lag and air travel implications for performance so they were talking about how athletes have to travel a lot and how it might affect their performance, which I thought was interesting. Like this oh, kind yeah, of like totally. general thought experiment paper. Um, and it's by Dr. Thomas Riley and colleagues from John Moore's University in Liverpool. And one thing they were talking about is how the wrong choice of food might lead to like digestive upset, yep. they said, and diarrhea. Yep. And that, well, I mean, they suggested one thing is like you have to like really be careful about your rehydration and stuff mm -hmm. like that while you're traveling which i thought was interesting they talked about how travel and jet lag can result in changes to your appetite constipation yep. um disruption of your normal eating patterns uh, so that kind of like stuck out to me eating patterns and um they mentioned how eating habits can help to actually restore your activity when you're in a new time zone um, they also kind of discuss how exercise and light exposure can feed into that as well. Cool. Anyway, so I, but I really honed in on that that eating pattern thing. Um, actually, just a little tip that I I came across while I was reading for people to know. So if you fly west, like we're going yeah. to be, you want to expose yourself to natural light after you fly west, so that the body clock can adjust to that new time zone. If you're flying east. You want to avoid being exposed to bright light until the following afternoon, if possible. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just thought that. I would throw that in. Okay. So I really honed in on this whole eating patterns thing. So I found this article called The Impact of an Implementation Intention 
I've never heard that phrase used no. before. To improve meal times and reduce jet lag in long haul cabin crew. This is a paper from a, a journal called Psychology and Health. It's published in 2016. Okay. Um, by Dr. Christina Rusito and Dr. Jane Ogden from the University of Sussex. Um, England's just doing all the travel and food research, apparently. Neat. So, um, very briefly, they. Um, they mention how cabin crew are constantly facing the negative effects of jet lag, which I think I never think about that. Whenever I think of flight attendants, I always think they have the most like fabulous life. They're just traveling all the time. And they have those like mini alcohol bottles. Yeah. and You know what I mean? <laughs> and like the way that movies portray them is like they like pilots and flight attendants like meet yeah. up with their hookups. In oh, each city I would like... still say they're like they're all single. They just yeah. like go to the oh my god, and absolutely. They stay in a nice hotel room each night. And, and they then... have that uniform. It's like well pressed, yeah. and they don't really have to like on their time off. They're just like I don't know, going to a, a temple in Indonesia. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. I just, I uh, you their their Instagrams are lit. Like cabin crew Instagram is lit. Oh yeah, they're like all hot too. Uh, anyway, so. Um, this paper talks about how um, the body clock has difficulty sometimes adjusting to local time after quick travel across those time zones, right? So on your return home, they say you can end up suffering from, you know, fatigue, worse sleep, reduced performance, uh, cognitively even, not just physically, changes in mood, and loss of appetite. So uh, some things that have been suggested is like you know the whole like exposure to light thing like figure right. out how to expose yourself to light properly so that you can mm -hmm. adjust your body clock um normally you might even think like if people are having trouble sleeping maybe take melatonin to help with sleep aid but i didn't know this cabin crew in a lot of regions are really are restricted from a lot of drugs um including mm -hmm. melatonin because it can make them drowsy yeah that makes sense right and they have to be like they're con they're on the job they're constantly traveling so they can't have that so um, based on some earlier studies in rodents, this paper um, thought that maybe having specific meal times might help adjust daily rhythm, daily circadian rhythm for, you know, um, activity and like energy right. and stuff during the day so that you don't feel so fatigued or you don't feel the negative effects of jet lag as much. Um, and they cited a study where military personnel kind of did a similar thing mm -hmm. and saw reduced effects of jet lag. To be honest, there's not a lot of work in this field, like meal times and their effect on like circadian rhythm and jet lag, specifically in humans. There's not a lot of work okay. at all. Um, what's been done is kind of relatively small in scale. Definitely a field that requires growth. And most of it is like mouse <laughs> anyway um so they this paper measured the subjective experience of jet lag and they used what's called a psychomotor vigilance task have you ever heard of that a pvt so basically no. you get like a usually it's like a light stimulus or like on a computer screen it'll be like a, a flashing light or something and then you have to like press a button when it's the correct light oh you can do this with rodents too and they, they get a reward when I they feel press like I've the done button. something like that we used to have to do um, when I played um, soccer in university, we had to do like concussion testing. Oh yeah, and, yeah, like, absolutely. Some of that would be in that, like when you a definitely color would have done a PBT. came up, you had to press this, and when a certain absolutely, like, you had to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally, yeah. So that's a good measure, or it can be a good measure, depending on how you do it, of um, your like cognitive performance, specifically with respect to like attention, mm -hmm. right? Okay, and obviously, 
our fatigue definitely affects totally. attention, yeah. right? So they this paper ended up finding that if there was maybe an effect on the intervention, you know, having set meal times so that you avoid the effects of um, uh, of jet lag. Um, oh. So they saw that there maybe was reduced subjective jet lag and subjective jet lag. They found no effect on the psychomotor vigilance task, the, their okay. objective measure of okay. of jet lag. So not okay. a massive effect by right. any means, um, but definitely I think like still interesting. To me, the most interesting thing was finding out that there's restrictions on cabin crew because I romanticized the job so much. Like I, I didn't yeah. know they were like weren't allowed to take melatonin or something. Right, so right. I tried to dig a little deeper into this whole meal time and circadian rhythm thing, right? The yeah. daily patterning That's thing. That's cool. Um, because I thought it was interesting. I mean, I, what I take away from that paper is that it seems like maybe there was a bit of a placebo effect. Like the people who were on the intervention yeah. rated that they were performing better, better. right? Yeah. Or that they felt, felt better. Felt better. Um, so I wanted to see if there was anything um, more rigorous that was done. So I couldn't find anything in humans, but there was just... I would say what's probably going to become a seminal paper in the field, a paper that was published this this year, so in 2019 still, uh, by Dr. Priya Cos- Crosby and her colleagues from Cambridge University. And they did a collaboration with the University of Manchester, and they published this study, which I think you'll find really interesting. Um, it's called, it was published in Cell, the journal, which is a very reputable journal. Okay. Um, it's called Insulin, or IGF-1, drives period, that's a gene or a protein, synthesis to entrain circadian rhythms with feeding time. So before I even get into like what they did, I will say it was all in mice. Okay. Nothing was done in humans. Okay. But, you know, I I think it was still interesting work. <clears throat> so uh, I, on the, I say that, I preface that with because preface that with that because all of the popular science articles that were written about this paper really blew up the like results out of proportion you know what i mean like okay so um so what they found was that insulin and it uh, works as a signal for the timing of meals in our body's clock so i mean all over the body uh, we're producing this gene called period which ends up influencing which ends up making protein. Sorry, we're producing this protein called period, which ends up influencing various other um, proteins that regulate our daily activity, our daily rhythms, okay. our, which not only include our activity or and our sleep, but our temperature, blood pressure, stuff like that. Right. Um, and they saw that insulin ended up uh, being a signal for the body clock to strengthen circadian rhythm. So this is the first time that this link has ever been made, which is why I say that it's probably going to end up being quite a, a seminal paper. So insulin is released when we eat. People probably know that. That's probably pretty common knowledge. Uh, and what they found was that it stimulates the production of this protein called period in many tissues across the body, in the brain, in the lungs, heart, intestines, etc., of okay. mice. And the period protein... Uh, availability kind of oscillates with our 24-hour day cycle, right? And its availability changes during the day, and that's kind of what patterns our uh, sleep-wake rhythm. Cycle, yeah. Our sleep-wake cycle, exactly. And it's associated with these various processes that I mentioned related to our activity. So getting insulin during 
periods of rest when they gave these mice insulin when they were actually supposed to be sleeping disrupted the circadian cycle of mice so there was less of a separation between day and night you know what i mean so right it kind of messed up the whole patterning of the sleep wake rhythm of those mice and kind of i don't know misaligned their circadian rhythm um and the, the circadian rhythm research is actually really important because disruption of your circadian rhythm, whether you're on shift work or you have really bad sleep uh, for whatever reason, uh, can actually lead to various things. It's been linked to heart disease, to diabetes, and so on. So this paper kind of suggests that eating at the, quote, right times, I mean, I don't know, whatever those are. Yeah. And again, this was just done in mice, not in humans, might have an impact on your circadian rhythm, which kind of made me think of... Um, uh, maybe I'll say all that bunk about eating at night makes you gain weight, right? It, make, it made mm. me think of that stuff. Yeah. But really what this is suggesting is eating later in the day might result in a shift of your circadian rhythm I see. so that you have trouble sleeping, right. for example. Yeah, right. Which kind of made me think of of travel a lot because maybe in the future the science will get to a place where we know when we're traveling, especially on, especially on extensive flights, like eight-hour, 12-hour flights, you might have to adjust your meal times if you don't want to feel the effects of jet lag as much. Right. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. That's really neat. Um, yeah, I've never heard or thought about that as a way to kind of combat jet lag, kind of altering. I'm, no, me neither. I don't know, because I know you said the eating at the right times, but... It doesn't mention what those were. No. And again, they really have no basis for that because there hasn't been enough research to right. kind of decipher right, what right. that is. What that but is. What, what I would guess or like what I would extrapolate from that research is like probably eating later in the day, like very, very late, just like looking at your phone screen late at night can, you know, can probably disrupt your, your sleep wake. Right. Very interesting. Because insulin is, not only are you like, quote, getting energy from your food, yeah. but apparently insulin, which is going to be yeah. released after you eat, is going to go in and disrupt the normal cycle of I see. our circadian rhythm proteins. Cool. I know. That's really Isn't neat. that cool? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to learn more about that. Me too. Um, so I was kind of I'm thinking about th this paper has only been cited four times so far. So like, I mean, it was just published this year, but I'm sure I think probably like it was so interesting and so seminal that yeah. that research is going to ramp up. But I was thinking about our travel and when we're traveling and I was kind of thinking, well, <laughs> I mean, it's only a two hour flight. Yeah, we don't, yeah, it's a two hour flight and it's only an hour time difference. So yeah. we don't. Yeah, <laughs> we so won't be suffering. I wasn't really worried about that. Yeah. But um, just thinking about travel in general and how. Not only do I find it important for me to like make sure I'm well fed while I'm traveling, but like yeah. uh, I did, I never thought about my activity levels and my sleep wake with relation to food before. Right. In that way. Yeah. No, I've never thought about that either. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. bringing that to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I kind of, and you touched on a a little bit of what I want to talk about as well, but I kind of came at this topic from. Yeah, a more GI or digestive I love side of things because, I mean, personally, that's kind of what I experience when I travel. And 
Um, I know that a lot of other people do as well. I know that. Um, Definitely, I do. Yeah. You know, when we're traveling, we're it's hard to maintain, you know, a similar routine to what we have when we're at home. Yeah. You know, we're we have long days of traveling. Again, there's time changes, like you said. Um, we're sitting for long periods of time at airports or in cars or on the plane and things like that. And we're just it it really does mess with our digestion and and how we feel, how our like stomach feels or you know um, i famously spent four days of a seven week vacation when i was 14 years old in a hotel room because i got no yeah i just heavily i don't know if it was food poisoning right but i just i had gi troubles from the food i got while i was traveling yeah then that's very common as well especially like traveling to i know when people go like to the caribbean and things like that um whether it's the water or the food, things like that, that they're just certain things that are in it that they're not used to. Exactly. Um, yeah. They're yeah. not used to. Um, it can cause Yeah. A I lot don't of... think I got sick from like bacteria or anything. No, no, no. I think I just wasn't used, used to, to anything. For sure. And I, you're not used to it. Also, um, even, yeah, just the composition of the food. If you're eating, you know, less fiber or things like that, that can um, contribute to either constipation or diarrhea. Um, well, because sometimes you're making choices on the fly. Yeah, food. you don't really get a lot. When you're traveling, you don't really get to plan a lot. Yeah. Um, and Or if you do, you're planning like, I'm going to go to this concert and I'm going to do this. You're not really thinking about, I'm going to make sure right. I stop for lunch at this kind of restaurant so that right. I make sure I have enough fiber and right. whatever. So, yeah, I, I guess, first off, I want to say, like, there are so many... Like you can Google like eating when traveling or eating healthy when traveling or things like that. And you're going to get a lot of articles with a lot of tips that may not necessarily be necessary to do. Yeah. They might also be a little bit limiting or restricting for you when you're traveling. I wasn't psyched about the results I got when I was Neither Googling was I. Like a, a lot of the first, you know, hits on Google when you kind of type in those words are like – um yeah, like how to stay on top of your fitness goals when traveling and things like that. And like that's fine, but then when you start reading the the tips, it's like, you know, pack all your own food and yeah. and just things like that that might get a little bit tricky and and also might yeah, just make you feel a little bit restricted. Sometimes I, it can be unrealistic. Unrealistic. Yeah. Exactly. I think that um, and I'll get into this a little bit, but yeah, packing your own food if you're going on a two-hour flight or whatever, like fine, you don't. I it's do expensive to eat at airports and yeah, things yeah. like that. But if you do, you're doing it because all the other food options are unhealthy or oh. not good for you and things like that. That's when you might be. It's all know, about that coin for running me. <laughs> into some trouble. Yeah, same, honestly. Um, so I first want to kind of touch on some some reasons why you know our digestion might kind of get out of yeah, whack please. um so i already mentioned um you know when we're sitting for long periods of time that's a big one mm. our movement stimulates our like intestines right. it stimulates our gi tract and so when we're not stimulating it it's not moving right. and also if we think about how our gi tract works you know we start digesting food in the mouth when we're eating it and then it you know our food continues to digest as it moves through our stomach into our small intestine it's still being digested and and um and nutrients are being absorbed and then when that food which you know is now just like a bunch of mush and liquid mm -hmm. gets to our large intestine that's where water is reabsorbed 
from that bolus or from right. the food, um, it's reabsorbed into the body. And the longer that it sits there without, you know, stimulation or movement, the more water gets absorbed, oh, reabsorbed into the body. Okay. So when we're sitting for oh. long periods of time, when we're traveling, we're not moving around, we're sitting on a plane for hours or in a car for hours, more water is being reabsorbed from yeah. our essentially like stool in Am our I right large in intestine. guessing that leads to constipation? Yes, it can lead to constipation because it gets so dried out yeah. in there, right? And you need some, <laughs> some Honestly, liquid Honestly, all I'm thinking about is chocolate through. chip cookies, so this visual is fine for me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was like, I'm eating a chocolate chip cookie on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of, I guess it's a nice explanation as to why... Um, we might so experience constipation and bloating and things like that yeah. when um, when we travel. Um, because I know that I have to be really on top of my game if I want to kind of okay. stay regular when I'm traveling. <laughs> just because, I, I don't know, I find my, maybe it's just, it's not just me. I know a lot of people experience it. but So that's um, a good, um, also another good motivator to like stay hydrated while you're traveling. So that's what I was going to say next. Um you know, just being off of our daily kind of routine, we're probably, it's going to be harder to drink as much water as you might normally, um, you know, if, you're, if your meals are different or your snacks are different. Um, so, and flying is dehydrating yeah. on its own as well. Is I that don't right? know the physics of that. I, I don't know either. I, I was <laughs> it, like. It does feel like dry on the plane. Like, it's definitely not a humid experience. Yeah. No, to be it's on a dry. Plane. Yeah. And. I don't think they're like putting out a humidifier for us. Yeah. So that's number two. Kind of if you want to stay, I don't know, just keep your digestion in check and, and feel regular. I don't know. I don't like being constipated. No. I don't like being backed up. It does not feel nice. Um, Do you remember when Oprah talked about the perfect poop on her show? No. Okay. I don't I Maybe do that's not its own episode. That. But <laughs> I, that's like I strive for that. Yeah. I, I think everyone does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even if they don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, drink lots of water. That's kind of my my next kind of tidbit is you know when you're traveling, hydration is so important if you want to mm. keep your digestion in check. Um, alongside, so like I said, water is being reabsorbed by that large intestine. We want to kind of pump the water into yeah. us um, to prevent that from happening, especially if we're going to be sitting for long periods of time. So, so interesting. drinking lots of water, you know, you can bring um, a like refillable water bottle with you. I do that traveling security. anyway so that I don't yeah. have to buy water. Well, so there's, expensive. Usually there's a, f a fountain that I can fill there's it up There's fountains with. and airport bottles of water, number one. $9. $9. Number two, plastic. Oh, come on. It's right, 2019. The yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there. Greta, we're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Friend yeah, you can just usually what I do is just bring my water bottle and I don't fill it up until I go through security. And then you fill it up once you're through security. Yeah, I bet Roxanne Gay brings a water bottle. She totally does. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning. <laughs> Whatever Roxanne. she does, I do. <laughs> um, and I know I, I didn't say it, but if you if you can, you know, when you're traveling, try to maintain as much of your normal routine as you can maybe mm. not your eating routine though well yeah i guess like <laughs> if you're if you're traveling extensively you might want to be mindful of like not eating at 3 p.m local 3 a.m local time right you know what i mean if you land yeah. there or not eating something heavy That's interesting because from a digestive standpoint like our my my recommendations would be like try to eat something 
not I, I guess maybe not at the same times as you usually would, but try to like maintain some sort of normalcy or regularity in your meals and snacks. Like I, I mean, I'm also like extrapolating from mouse research, so it means nothing like right. clinically at this point. But I, I would probably say like if you're hungry, like definitely eat, but maybe what the research probably suggests is like don't have a Thanksgiving a Day yeah. dinner yeah. at three AM local right. time when you land off your like six hour flight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think from a digestive standpoint and, um, like, I would say, try, you know, try to have meals and snacks. And I would listen to that. <laughs> Probably, maybe not necessarily at the exact same times that you would when you're at home, yeah. but, like, spaced out. As you normally would when you're, right, right. you know what I mean? Um, I mean, eventually you're probably going to be adjusting to the local time zone anyway. Yeah. So, like, probably the sooner that you get there, yeah. the better for your like daily activity yeah. regimen yeah, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, your, your, your gut or your GI tract is used to however you normally eat. Yeah. So, if you eat breakfast, lunch, snack, and then dinner. Yeah. Try to kind of maintain that. I love that tip. When you're traveling. That's a really good tip. Um, if you want, you know, to try to avoid some GI issues. That's um, a great idea. Yeah. That's true because sometimes you usually think, oh, I'm traveling. I'm not going to give myself the privilege of, like, maintaining my health as stringently as I would back home. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, I mean, I, I when I travel, I like to eat out at restaurants and enjoy oh, um, yeah, yeah, other yeah. foods and things like that but i was almost talking about like underindulging while you're traveling oh yeah sometimes oh. if you're like you feel like you're rushed and you're busy i'm thinking of conferences and i'm not thinking of like fun vacation. i'm thinking of like vacation <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm thinking of like like rushing to the hotel need right. to get to the meeting right. maybe i'm so like not gonna stop of, to eat i see but maybe i Tarek, you gotta do that yeah you gotta take care yeah. of yourself <laughs> yeah you deserve it yeah. um so yeah, try to try to nourish yourself like you normally would. Um, I think that that would help. And then next, um, so we talked about movement. Um, or no, we didn't. I kind of touched on how movement not might affect moving constipation. Might affect. But yeah. when you are traveling, try to squeeze in again, not from like a fitness weight loss standpoint. Nothing worse than a hotel gym, by but the way. right, I know. But from a like well-being standpoint, and a you know feeling well and. Um, digestive standpoint, try to squeeze in some movement if you can, whether yeah. that's, you know, if you're sitting at the airport, you have an hour layover, like get up and walk around, go that. look at the shops, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, if you're in a new city, get up and walk in the morning to get coffee and explore. Just Best try to, to see just city, try to yeah. get moving a little bit to, again, stimulate your GI tract. Um, I love that. I find that that always helps. I know, like, even if I just like go away for the weekend or something, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not on my normal routine, like it messes me up. Yeah. But as soon as I like drink a bunch of water and like get out for a walk or something like that, usually I'm like things start getting a little bit more back to normal. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a great tip. Um, and then lastly, I just wanted to touch on fiber um, because when we're traveling, again, eating out, probably not, um, you know, eating the same foods that we normally would, which is totally fine. You know, when you're traveling, you want to try new foods, new places, things like that. You want to experience wherever you're mm-hmm. traveling to. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're usually, if, if you eat fruits and vegetables and you eat, um, you know, a generally healthy diet, you're probably eating a lot of fiber. 
And then when you kind of switch switch that up when you travel, you're not getting as much as you as you normally would. Um, and that can kind of back you up as well. Yeah. So I don't know if you I wonder if that went through the mic, but my stomach just growled. No, really I didn't loud. hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So fiber is kind of like the indigestible part of plants um, or plant foods. Um, so our bodies can't um, break them down. And that's it kind of like adds bulk, you know what yeah. I mean, to that kind of bolus of food yeah. moving through our GI tract, um, which helps things move along. Um, and it also, um, there's two different types of fiber. One adds bulk and one kind of like abs- it absorbs water. So okay. it makes things move Smoothly. smoothly you know what i mean yeah yeah so one other thing i wanted to say is try not to if you are experiencing some gi issues when you're traveling try not to let it like ruin your trip if you're bloated yeah. if you know you feel a little bit backed up i know it's uncomfortable but you know try to just can you hear that oh wow <laughs> special guest uh Hannah's my stomach, stomach is growling <laughs> That um, one I heard. Yeah, I heard that. Too. <laughs> I don't know if the mic picked it up. Though. I hope it did. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. If so, you're experiencing some. Yeah, try not to let it get you down. Try to still enjoy your trip. Do what we recommended. You know, get a little bit of movement in. Drink lots of water. Try to eat more fiber. Um, eat at your regular eat, meal times. Yeah, you try know. to eat regular meals Don't restrict and yourself. Um, yeah, and and yeah, just try to... Try to help yourself, but also don't stress too much. It happens to everyone. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with you if you are experiencing some bloating or some constipation or things like that when you're traveling. It happens to a lot of people. When I'm somewhere for... By the way, thank you so much. Those were really good tips. Thank you. Actually, I learned a lot hearing that. Um, glad. When I travel and I'm somewhere for, let's say, like more than three days. Yeah. I mean, usually I will go to the local grocery store, buy groceries, and I make my own food that week. Yeah, that's great. It's so much cheaper, number one, than Absolutely. eating out when um, when you're traveling. Oops, I mean, sorry. not only is it cheaper, I agree with you, but also then I'm eating the foods that I know not only do I enjoy, but I know like work for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. They're not going like, to um, give me stomach upset. Right. And yeah, if you can like... It's really nice if you can get a hotel room or like an Airbnb or something like that with a little kitchenette and then yeah. you're able to kind of go out. And I like going to like grocery stores oh. in other places. Oh, I, I want that I want that to be our show. <laughs> in a grocery store? Well, just like traveling to different places yes. and like not right. like quote sampling the local food, but like let's go further than that and like dig into the nutrition of the local culture and That's cool. go to the grocery stores. Yeah, I love that. See how people eat. Yeah. I love visiting new grocery stores. Me too. Um, I like getting the traveling. tote bag from that grocery store. Oh, yeah. It's That's like, like a little, like my little memento. Yeah. Um, so another thing is like we were talking about like packing food. Sometimes that can be unrealistic. When I do pack, like I try my best to pack non-perishables like i don't know mm. granola bars stuff like that stuff that's like yep. gonna stick with me yep. stuff that's easy to pull out to eat while i'm traveling totally. i mean often i'll just have like literally i'll put like three maybe it's not like the most nutritious meal that day but i'll put like a few granola bars in my pocket yeah, and it's easy while i'm walking around town wherever i am i'm like oh i'm getting hungry we can't stop for xyz reason i can still eat yeah. You know I mean? And even when I get to wherever we are, I try to buy some non-perishables at that grocery store. Mm. So I'm making meals at like wherever I'm staying, but I'm also 
I yeah. have like easy uh, snacks wherever I go. Yeah, that's a great tip. I I always try to do that as well when I'm traveling. I try to pack something, whether it's um, bars or like um, packaged nuts and dried fruit and things like that. Um, I love dried fruit. Me too. Yeah. I don't like fruit. I love. Is fruit. that okay to say? Yeah, it's totally okay. Okay. You do you. I like apples. I like blueberries. Okay. I like persimmons. You like fruit. Okay, I like fruit. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Let me see. Yeah. So lastly, you know, I kind of already said this, but there's so much stuff out there about traveling and and staying healthy while mm. you're traveling. And I, I want you guys to just be, um, mindful, but don't like let staying healthy while traveling like yeah. take over your your trip whether it's for a conference or whether it's a vacation or whatever like you still want to enjoy yourself and experience um the place that you're in and um and i i get there you know there i guess there has to be some sort of balance you know between trying to stay. we've always said how like there's place for balance but there's yeah. also like we think it's just as important to be kind to yourself yeah like within your circumstance totally and you can like push for some gentle nutrition but also make sure that you're not like i don't know killing yourself trying to do something that you think is quote healthy. right because someone posted an instagram post about a latte or something right i don't want you to yeah don't miss out on like i don't know chicago deep dish pizza that uh, all your colleagues are going out for because it's way, not the healthy choice wetter than i imagined yeah you've had right. it in chicago too right? yeah yeah so wet i didn't love I it i thought it was going to be like like just like lots of cheese and like stiffer. A lot of sauce. I don't know. It's yeah. it's mostly sauce. Yeah, I agree. Is Chicago okay? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I love Chicago. I loved it too, but the pizza I didn't love. Um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I can't. I can't. I liked it, pizza. but I, like I needed a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Sip your pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um. I needed I... a paper straw. Not a paper straw. Um, well, if you don't mind, I almost, I feel kind of so impassioned to ask you what's been tasty to you this week. Okay. Let me bring it up. I keep, I need to reference my phone this week. She's um, calling in her assistant. Uh, yes, please. I'm oh my God, Tara, what if I can't them, find but... it? You go first. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I, I have, um, I have a tasty thing and it is a chocolate chip cookie. I yes. have been in development of my own chocolate chip cookie recipe just for fun. Um, and because I'm weird, I'm a weird person, and I just decided that I want to create a chocolate chip recipe cookie. So it's currently in development. Um, we're talking to a couple networks who are going to pick it up for season one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I have one more batch to try and make. I'll probably have time to do it this weekend. Um and hopefully you'll get to sample it. And then I'll be finally happy with my chocolate chip cookie recipe. And then it will live on with my family for generations to come. I love that. Thank you so I much. I love that you're like working to make, uh, yeah, a recipe that I'm like, like adding more stress down. to my life. No, but like, that's so, you're so yeah. thoughtful. And oh, like, I can just, it's so you. I hope like, you enjoy it because yeah, I'm, I'm very gonna... happy with this result. I did tell Hannah I have a few things to adjust. Um, I think well, flavor wise, it's as you can hear, there. my stomach is clearly yeah. begging for you need some that food right now. Pizza. So I'm going to enjoy yeah. this cookie as soon as we're done. You need that deep um, dish pizza soup. Yeah. <laughs> Pass me a straw. Wait, before I ask you what's been tasty to you, this can week? I? I'm going to change my tasty thing. 
I'm going to include what I said earlier, but I'm also going to change my tasting thing. Okay. Sounds or good. Or should you go and then I'll go? Um, I'll go. Yeah, maybe you and go. And then you add your other tasty thing, but it's Ugh. the tastiest. <laughs> okay. Um, um, Hannah, what has been tasty to okay. you? Okay. So Tell me. <laughs> it's not as ex- definitely not as exciting as yours, but quiche. I made a quiche yesterday. By the way, eggs pop their bald heads up again in this podcast. <laughs> we just really love eggs. We're a pro-egg podcast. Um... um i don't think i've ever made a quiche before okay i didn't realize how dang easy it is if you use a frozen pie crust (laughs) (laughs) okay okay (laughs) yeah sure okay i didn't make the pie crust but i just like i love quiche yeah do you love it i love quiche i don't know why i don't eat it more also but i love quiche with creamy dairy is that okay what do you mean creamy dairy like i want goat cheese in there Oh yeah, I put feta in mine. Sure, sure, okay. sure, sure. Um, yeah, I made a quiche. I don't know what kind of possessed me to do it, but <laughs> <laughs> I really was craving quiche, I guess. And I made a spinach oh. and sun dried tomato yeah. and feta quiche. What can oh, go wrong? Nothing. So good. Nothing. I'm can ho- go wrong. So hungry right now. But anyways, it was really delicious. I have. I'm gonna have it for lunch when I go home. Um, Should we mic our stomachs? Because both of ours are <laughs> growling. Um, yeah. So if you, I'm going to be posting a recipe soon, so it should be up. Absolutely. If you guys want my quiche recipe Absolutely. with a frozen pie crust. Okay. Um, I'll put up a pie crust my... recipe. Oh, perfect. I have okay. a really easy, I do pie crust in a bit of a special way. It's not in, you know, in, whatever. I didn't create it, but I just yeah. picked up a few tips from different places and I do cool. pie crust and it always works. Okay. So Tarek's going to share his pie crust recipe. I'm yeah. going to share my quiche recipe. Oh. You can put them together and, and make we'll make a really delicious We'll quiche. make quiche together. Yes. That week. Of course. Okay. In whatever, 2020. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. do it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, Tarek. Well, that's a lovely tasty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm glad it was eggs because if it's anything else, it's off the pod. Oh Keep your non-egg talk off the pod. <laughs> we welcome all yeah. um, walks of dietary Absolutely. decisions. Absolutely. I, if people don't know, dietary patterns, we're, professional, we're not professional comedians. So sometimes when I make jokes, I feel like people think I'm being serious. Same. Yeah. Um, okay, Tarek, tell me what's been tasty number two for you this week well i thank you so much for asking um i kind of felt like i should throw this in personally i see this as a win for both of us totally. uh, because my social media channels are 50 percent. i just repost what, <laughs> what you post which, because i love what your content is um <clears throat> dun, 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 dun. Doctor Tim Caulfield followed me on Twitter. I'm so proud of you for that. I, I, almost like I would say for a little monster, Lady Gaga, locking eyes with them at a concert. Mm-hmm. This was kind of mm-hmm. my. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I thought Brandon Flowers made eye contact with me at a Killers content concert one time. This was a hundred times better. Oh, yeah. Whether or not Brandon <laughs> oh, Flowers made eye contact with me, did. we will never know. We'll sign still can't crack that code but right. tim caulfield followed me on twitter and b- transfer of whatever elements he basically followed you on twitter through that is the way that i see it he followed us on twitter he didn't follow me i know but he it, followed but, you yeah but he will follow the pod when we announce it and all of you twitter. are following and no bs nutrition pod on instagram and and bsn pod on twitter, twitter. yeah, yeah. Just like Tim Caulfield. <laughs> That's so exciting, Tarek. Um, 
If you guys don't know who Tim Caulfield is, we've talked about him before. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, I'm worried about you. Yeah, you guys need to. I actually, do you have the book? I well, I have. I ha, I bought okay. the ebook version. Okay, I need to read it. Yeah. Um, and he also has a Netflix documentary. Yeah, a series yeah. of episodes about like busting, like wellness culture, fake science. Yeah, it's amazing. We love him. Yeah. All right, that was great. I'm. That is so exciting. There's nothing no cool. better feeling than I know like, someone just, you yeah. look up to and Absolutely. like admire, and then they next is Dr. Roxanne Gay. Oh, can you imagine? Oh my God! <gasps> if you get the follow first, they'll be so no, bad. No, you'll get it. You <laughs> literally have it in your bio. This is a Timothy Caulfield and Roxanne Gay fan account. But it is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. We hope that you took away some tips for your next um yeah thank you for sharing adventure um by the way i would never be mad if you got the rocks and gay fall that's negative energy i'm not putting that into the world it's okay i didn't think it was um okay guys anything else we have to mention follow us rate our podcast five stars oh my gosh leave us a review make your parents listen to it make everyone let's get rid of that boomer diet culture okay boomer (laughs) am i still being relevant (laughs) 2020 i'm trying to make relevant content he's trying to be relevant okay we're trying to be relevant yeah um all right 